0: Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. This is a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago, a series of ancient pilgrimages across Europe that culminate at the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James in the cathedral at the Spanish city of Santiago de Compostela. And those who walk call themselves pilgrims. More often than not, they consider themselves pilgrims in life too. But it's not easy being a pilgrim. You walk a long way, you live sparsely, You often share a sleeping quarters with dozens of other people. You need to be patient, a good listener, and you need to be open to accepting everything your pilgrimage is telling you. My little desk calendar threw me a classic this week. Albert Einstein said, Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better. Well, my guest this week is an American pilgrim, Kathy Sidechick Diaz. And I sent Kathy a message on Facebook and asked, If she'd be prepared to appear on the podcast, she wrote back, sure, Dan, that'd be fun. Then Kathy wrote a question. Why did you choose me for your podcast? And I wrote back, your smile. The pilgrim behind the smile is on the line from somewhere on the Camino.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Yes, I'm in Ornillos, and that is a stage right after Borgos. I'd say we've gone about 300 kilometers, about about a little bit more than quarter of the way
0: so you're walking your fifth Camino and you're walking with your husband david fourth, fourth.
1: I'm walking my fourth camino, and I'm walking with David yes
0: how wonderful and, and so so, how are you going how are you traveling how how are things going you know we're do <laughs> we're doing
1: well the first Camino we did in two thousand and fifteen. The same time, we like to start April 12th, uh, 11, 12, 13, because that gives us the middle of April and May and it gives us springtime and it's not too hot. And in the first Camino, I hurt my knee, actually started on Nonillos, and it continued to hurt until Leon. So that was quite a few days. And I stayed in Leon and recovered. And so they. The doctor had suggested then that I needed to miss about a week. So we missed in the first Camino from León to Soria. So then we decided to come back and do 2016, the second Camino, León to Soria. But then we decided, no, we'll do the whole thing. Yeah. So we came back from St. John and walked to Santiago and walked to Finisterre and Muxilla. And then we did the same thing in 2017. In 2017, David hurt his knee and his ankle. And then he had surgery when we got back after the Camino in August. So now we are walking again and we're good. His knee, <laughs> ankle is good. My knee is good. We're good. We're happy campers.
0: <laughs> what What is it that draws you back, do you think?
1: Well... It's an extremely unique experience, like you were talking about at first about being a pilgrim. I was just talking to somebody from Australia today in Canada as we sat in the dining area in Orneos, and we get to walk, we get to be outside, we get to be with people from 40 more different countries. Um, we could walk for a few days, and all of a sudden I bump into Vilunia from Lithuania, and i'm so excited to see her because i haven't seen her in a few days and i didn't know how she was so it's the only place that we have that kind of experience and then we have the churches and um, all cathedrals we can go to and it's it's just a really unique special place and environment and so i i like to be here you know, I think my sister goes to her cabin in the woods, in the mountains every year, while I come to the Camino every year.
0: Uh, are, you, are you interested in walking any of the other routes, or are you you just focused on the Camino Frances at this stage?
1: In the beginning, in the beginning we thought we would follow John Briley's guide and walk all 12 Caminos. But when we came back to do Camino Frances again, because we had missed that piece, we liked it so much that we were coming back to known places and known hospitaleros um, that was such a good feeling that we would say, we'll see you next year. So then of course we had to come back in 2017 next year because we said, we'll see you next year. And then in 2017, we said, we'll see you next year. So there's something really special about coming back to similar places. Sometimes we stay in the same places sometimes we don't but I always stop by to say hello and they like it and it's really special and it feels like a reunion it's like coming home again
0: and it feels really good yeah it does feel really good to to step into somewhere that feels familiar particularly after you've walked 20 something kilometers
1: yes 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 isn't it It, you know exactly
0: where you're going to be and you know how lovely it's going to be it kind of motivates you doesn't it? Well, that
1: part that part I love because I can be walking and I can be thinking. Okay, now we're walking on the meseta. I know there's going to be a downhill right over there. Yeah. So there's there's something really nice about that. Also, the Camino Frances has a really good infrastructure. So one year David hurt his ankle, and th- all we had to go to was Lagronio, like another eight miles. So we could go from Vienna instead of going to Navarrete, we could stop at Lagronio. So there's a lot of infrastructure here with pharmacies and supermarkets and doctors and things like that so that's another reason we like it and then also it's i like the length of it i like to be able to walk for four five six weeks whereas if we do porto that's shorter and um so that's the reason i like it for all those reasons it's returning to something similar
0: yeah yeah a a place called a, a place like home you mentioned before you you're actually behind an ingenious item of clothing designed with pilgrims in mind, and we 'll get to that in the course <laughs> of the interview yeah you know, I want to talk necessity about
1: necessity yeah I want to talk about necessity is mother invention
0: exactly. I want to talk about the philosophy of pilgrimage if I can, and you're from the Bay area yes. of the united states it's a beautiful part of the world, like Australia. But like Australians, Americans yes. have a very privileged life. Why do you think we seek out a simpler life, like that of a pilgrim?
1: Well, it is simpler. All we do is, but not all we do, but what we do is we get up, we walk, we arrive, we meet people, we see people, we wash, we clean our clothes, we greet people. And um, we get to see um, hospitaleros and cafe owners and store owners in these small little towns. And I think it's really refreshing to see that, you're right, I do come from a privileged environment. And I get to see that there are other places. I don't think the people here feel like they're not privileged. I think they're very happy in their world but it's a different world than I have. It makes me appreciate my world, but it also makes me appreciate their world is also really wonderful.
0: Yeah, and what do you think, if I was to ask you then, Kathy, what's the most important thing we learn as pilgrims?
1: Ah. <sighs> let's see, the most important thing we learn. I I just recently read somebody writing about the end of her pilgrimage this time. And on the pilgrimage, we have our yellow arrows and our shells that guide us. And I remember her saying, and I copied it and saved it in my phone, that um, sometimes we stop our well, sometimes our pilgrimage ends in Santiago or Finistier, and then it feels like sort of a void, or what do we do now? And, and we learn that we have our yellow arrows, and we have our shells, and we have our inner guidance, we have our God guidance, and then we even have people and community guidance. So we just have to reach inside and always know where that guidance is, and then we can follow it. I think that's something that many pilgrims learn
0: you open yourself up to the guidance that's around you. Yes, yes, exactly. So, and if you cast your mind back to your first Camino, what surprised you most, do you think, about being a pilgrim?
1: Well, I think one thing that surprised us and surprised many people, and we see that now in the second, third and fourth time, is it, it's, it's not a walk in a park. It's, it's an effort, it, it takes, it's a lot of effort. It's not easy. And um, I think that surprises people a lot, but people stay with it and they stick with it and they get the support of everybody around them. And I think that surprises people too, that everybody and anybody um, wants to help them. And the other thing that surprised me, i say in the first two or three days of the first year is we're all really equal. It's the only environment that I experience that we're all equal. Every age is equal. Every size is equal. Beautiful people are equal to not-so-beautiful people. Older people are equal to young people. Nobody has any idea of what anybody's finances are. And um, that's an amazing experience because we're all equal. We're all walking in one direction, going one place, and we all care about each other.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. Caring is very important, isn't it? And, and uh, do you remember the first time you walked into Santiago? Uh, um, what What did you make of that? What did you make of the first time you finished?
1: Oh, my goodness. We walked in, and it was a Saturday or Sunday, so it's very busy in Santiago because it's a very special place. So there was music and And I just like welled up in tears as we're walking. You walk straight down through the old town into the right behind the cathedral. And then there's an underpass and you go down that and you turn left. You know all this, but you turn left to the front of the cathedral. But just that walking down past the back of the cathedral where there's all this music and sound and people, I just felt this well of like um, emotion, like I can't believe we're here and we're doing this. And it was really, really surprising to me because I don't cry easily, but that's what happened. And I noticed that happens to other people also.
0: Yeah, and I saw a a post of a fellow pilgrim walking with you, someone playing guitar and singing songs. That's something very dear to my heart. Do you have a troubadour with you? Well, you
1: know, you meet other pilgrims and there was this one pilgrim that, this is a woman pilgrim. I'm not sure if that's who you're thinking of. Yes. And she said, like, within the first day or two, that she loves to play the guitar. And I said, well, we'll find you a guitar. And then here we are in this cafe in Grand Yonge, and David says, there's a guitar there. Look, Connie's here. And he hands Connie the guitar, and there she is playing in the cafe. as all getting our coffee and our um, tortillas and our sandwiches and it was really very special and that was the first time she'd ever played in front of people so playing in front of the pilgrims was just the best environment for her
0: really the first time she'd ever played live yes exactly. how fantastic <laughs> that's awesome I know that's awesome so yeah. so is it very busy you're currently on the Camino Camino is it busy
1: it seems to be busy. It's, it's hard for me to say, but I know that the albergues every night are full, the ones that I've been in. So I think from like April 12th on this year and maybe in past years, it's, it's busy. It's full. It doesn't feel too busy for me. I like having people walking in front of me and walking behind me. And I like having people in the albergues, but it seems that there's definitely a good amount of people here. Not too many for me, but yeah. so how, maybe others.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. How do you cope with albergues?
1: Well, in the first year, we would look in our John Briley Camino Guide and decide, well, we want to walk 20 kilometers, and we decide where we wanted to go. And usually if we got there by like 1.30, 2.30, there'd be no problem getting a space. And we did that. And, and this year and last year, we'll call ahead a night before... And we'll have the hospitalero call ahead for us to make like a reservation. Um, And that's really helpful. And then David also realized that "Mm, he's 72 and um, I'm 65. And he figures he's done enough dorm rooms in his life.
0: So we
1: can find albergues that have private rooms, which is really lovely.
0: How much do you pay for a private room?
1: Um, Between 25 and 45 euros. Okay. Okay. For a private room like in an albergue, yeah. or a hostel, or a pension, or a casa royale.
0: Do you walk with sticks, Kathy?
1: Well, the first few years, the first year or two, I did walk with sticks. But then I found that I'm always wanting to take pictures with my phone. So I have my sticks folded up. I have folded up sticks, and they're folded up in my pack. And I haven't really used them very much this year. Um, but... David uses them every day, and a lot of people use them, and they're extremely helpful. I also can say that I started an exercise program that just started in Australia in a few cities. It's called Orange Theory Fitness, and I've been doing it since August, and I'm stronger than I've been before. So I actually like going up and down the hills just using the strength of my legs because I can feel that I even got to the Camino stronger than I had been before. So I'm sort of enjoying not using sticks. But it's the first time I've never used poles or sticks. In the past three years, I always did.
0: What's Orange Theory? Tell us about that.
1: Orange Theory is a new um, fitness program where they have classes. You go to the classes. I know they have some, one maybe in Perth or, or um, Melbourne. I'm not exactly sure. And you go to a class. You can sign up early to go to the class and they have rowing machines, and they have treadmill, and they have a weight room area. And in the 55, 60 minutes that you're there, you do what they say to do, but you do it at your own speed. So if they tell you to do rowing for a certain amount of meters or whatever it is, you do it at your own level, or if they have you doing weights, they have videos and you can watch them and you do it at your own level. But they have these coaches, and they they make it so enthusiastic that I put in more effort there than I ever had in other exercise, and um, and I'm really stronger for it. It's really quite amazing.
0: So Orange Theory, there you go. I'll look that up. So so are you? Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Are you someone who gets blisters, Kathy?
1: You know, neither David and I have gotten blisters in the last three caminos and this one, and. Um, I feel really lucky and blessed. I do what they tell us to do. My shoes are a size bigger than usual. Um, I wear a liner sock, nylon liner sock, and a wool merino sock. I put on glide or um, compi, that kind of something that you spread on your feet. It sort of looks like a deodorant, but I know it's something that keeps your feet sort of smooth. And So when the two socks rub together, supposedly, that's why I don't get blisters. But, you know, I think some people try as hard as I do, and they still get blisters. So I've been lucky so far.
0: What do you make of the meseta?
1: You know, it's interesting. There's a few things I make of it. First of all, I thought it was flat, but then I realized you have to go up to it, and then you walk across, and then you go down. And tomorrow we're going to go back um, up. Again, to the Meseta. And then when we get to Castro Eros, we go down. And then in the morning, we have to go up, 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 really (laughs) steep and flat again. Um, So it's sort of like a joke. Like people ask me, do you always rocks? And are they only in the beginning? And I'll write them back and I'll say, we have rocks all the way we have inclines and up 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 all the way we have rain and it's it's not like there's like one time period that ends so even in the meseta there's sometimes there's ups is what i'm going to say but um there's also a lot of long 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 flats um i do listen to music when i'm walking and that sort of gives me sort of like a bounce in my step and i really like that so i'm fine with the meseta i'm fine walking through the cities i'm I really just
0: like it all. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. What what shoes do you wear, Kathy?
1: What what do I wear? What, what, what shoes?
0: Wear? What shoes?
1: I wear Solomon's hiking um, boots and I'm really grateful that I wear like a hiking boot around my ankle because I think it makes it sturdy and makes me feel safer when I'm doing all those rocks going downhills and uphills um, and they're a size bigger so I feel... Good about that my toes have lots of space. And I've realized that if I'm going to be walking five, six hours every day for 40 or 50 days, my feet swell up, so it needs more space.
0: And do you do a lot of preparation before you go? You and David, are you spreadsheet pilgrims?
1: Well, we live in California, so we walk a lot. And there's lots of places that we can hike. And as I said, I've been doing since August this orange theory so that's every day for an hour um plus a lot of walking and hiking so it feels to me like what we do naturally just naturally prepares us for this my my thinking is i'm 65 and he's 72 and we have time to um work out and do active things to keep ourselves healthy and i think that's one of our responsibilities to do that especially at this age because we have the time
0: yeah yeah and 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 what a lovely thing to do together!
1: Yes, 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 exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, my guest this week, to my listeners, is the American pilgrim Kathy Sajic Diaz, and Kathy, you're behind Easy P Pants. Now, tell us all <laughs> about Easy P Pants.
1: Okay, so we walked the first Camino in April two thousand fifteen, and every and I have my exercise pants on because that's what I like to wear and I have my waist pack on and my backpack and we'd be walking and whenever David had to pee he would just pull the zipper down and pee and I'd have to find a place to hide take off my waist pack take off my backpack take my pants down then pull them back up a little sweaty and a little sticky a little hard so he'd be waiting for me as I would be hiding and doing all those things pretty much every day i said for the first year all 50 days i want a zipper like you have and then i said it again the second year i want a zipper like you have i knew exactly what i wanted i wanted a zipper that went from the front of the waistband of a woman's pants down where the seam is to the back of the waistband the exact same seam but i wanted a zipper So I was talking to a friend in Santa Cruz, California, where I live. And I I was helping her prepare for her Camino for April 2017. And she said, you know, I have a sewing machine. I think I can do that for you. So David came up with this first name. The first name was called Zippy Pants. Zippy Pants. And so I go on the Camino last year in 2017 wearing my Zippy Pants. And as I'm walking, I remember at one point seeing Three German women friends that I had met a number of times, you know, hiding behind the haystacks as I'm just sort of standing behind, next to a haystack or behind it. Because all I have to do is unzip this 14 inch zipper, put my legs in a triangle position and just move my underpants over and I can just pee and it just sort of goes down. It's going to sound a little crude, but it just goes down like a horse. It doesn't hit my legs. It doesn't anything. Sure. And um, and it's so easy. I just unzip, move my panties over, I pee, I zip up, and I'm good to go. And these four ladies are, like, taking their packs off. And, and so I told them about them. And a few days later, I see them in a stork, and they go, we're your zippy girls, and we want zippy pants. So this continued through the Camino with them and some other people. So I went back in june 2017 and told my kamiga friend and we said okay fine we'll make them and send them to them so i didn't realize that meant i was going to start a business like it didn't occur to me all i wanted to do was get them what i had so i got a website so that meant i could charge them the money that it cost me to make them and paypal and credit cards and all those sort of things and I just started sending them to people. And um, these three German women are walking right now. Their last third of the Camino, they're in Pomferrada and they're continuing with their pants. And then three weeks before the Camino, where I was coming in April, I got sued or started to get sued by Zippo lighter, And they said, you can't use the name Zippy Pants. So... I changed the name to EZP Pants, and hopefully I'm good with that. And I like the name EZP Pants because it's real clear, EZP. And I'm wearing them now. And um, there's a number of people walking the Camino right now wearing EZP Pants. And it's really efficient and easy. And I drink the amount of water that I'm supposed to because I'm not now lazy about having to stop to p and it's just a really simple thing and it's really sort of amazing that nobody's ever thought of it before so yeah. we'll see what happens blokes take because <laughs> if bl- it was up to me i would get i would give them out free to every woman here, yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> if i could because blokes take it for granted right
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and it's not their fault, you know. Really, it was a woman's responsibility to think of it. It's not their responsibility to think of it. So, yes, they have it the way they have it because that's the way it's been. But we could have it this way too.
0: You know, I want to ask you about the exceptional art of being. Tell us about that website.
1: Well, that's interesting. Similar that you contacted me and asked if we could speak. Um, She contacted me and said, I have this website, and I'd like to know if I could. Um, She sort of interviewed me, um, not verbally like we are, but just written. And she asked if she could post it on that website. And then when I went on the website and saw the other people that she was posting, David and I, on, I was just like sort of floored to think that I was there with them. So that was really sweet and special. And um, and I loved reading some of the other people that are on that website. So I guess they're talking about things that not everybody does. Maybe what I'm doing is a little bit more exceptional than usual. I don't really think of it that way. But maybe it'll inspire other people to do this. I know that I try to help as many people women especially but men if they contact me to let them realize that all is possible like somebody could come for a week it doesn't have to be from saint john i know that in the first year the director at the community college where i taught said she'd really like to do it but she doesn't have the time so i explained to her exactly how she would have enough time to fly to madrid at the end of the semester in may and um train to soria and walk soria to santiago and that would be enough for her to get the experience and then she did it she did it in 2016 and it was a wonderful experience for her and she's definitely planning on coming back when she retires so um if maybe this website the exceptional art of being helps others realize that all things are possible and how good it feels then maybe Maybe that would be wonderful.
0: You know, I can hear in your voice, and indeed I saw in your smile, you're someone who has a very positive attitude, someone who enjoys life. Can I ask you, do you you have to work at it, Um, I
1: don't think so. I think maybe that's just my nature. Don't get me wrong. There are times I get down and I get... Sad and I get worried and I get concerned and I definitely get anxious. Um, I have to work at that. I have to work at not the sad and down because that doesn't happen so often, but I do get anxious about things and I have to work at that. But I think probably, as my oldest son would say, I came out of the shoot like this. I have a feeling that <laughs> I was a pretty, <laughs> you know, upbeat, happy, excited, enthusiastic child and and just sort of grew out of that i also know that i struggled a lot as a child especially academically and um also i'm not coordinated i also don't have a good ear so i don't learn music or language very well so i'm sympathetic to other people that struggle and um i have a very strong helping gene so i i have oh when i did the first camino about 200 people on facebook it was stunning. In Mexico, and they work. So I had that. By the time I finished the first Camino, there were 500 people because of Camino, and now it's over 2,000, and it's, they're all Camino people. And um, and I must have at least like a thousand that I stay in contact and help them prepare for the Camino, just because to be able to be helpful.
0: Right. So so a helpful gene. Did you know you always had that? <laughs> Do you? Was that something that you've always identified with?
1: Um, a helpful gene. If I think back, maybe when I was younger, in junior high school or high school, it, it probably didn't start kicking in until I had lived in Mexico after I had gotten married and I had a small son. And people asked me if I would teach them English as a second language and wasn't a teacher, but I was patient. So I started a little bit with some women friends. And then when I moved back to the United States, I started volunteering in adult schools and realized that, that I had my university degree and I could get my credential to teach. And um, over time, I started to realize that I naturally want, went above and beyond the regular teacher. I helped them get their uh, GED-like equivalent to high school diploma, their driver's license, their citizenship, jobs. And, um, and I learned over time that... I just have this strong joy to help people if they are struggling. I actually have to contain myself. I could be in a grocery store and see somebody struggling and I automatically want to help like everybody around me. And so sometimes I'm trying to say, okay, Kathy, control yourself. Just like stay focused, go buy what you need to do. Cause I have just this strong gene, I guess, to, you know, be helpful to people.
0: How lovely. And, and that, that's, that's very much a pilgrim thing, isn't it?
1: It's very much a pilgrim thing. And I think there's a lot of people problem probably on the pilgrimage that might not have that, but when they're here, they definitely always have it. It's just, you know, somebody could be sitting on the side of the road, somebody will stop, and if they have, they take out their own Band-Aids or their own anything for somebody else's blisters, it's an automatic thing. It happens here so much all the time.
0: Are you Are you someone... Who would describe yourself as being a spiritual person?
1: You know, I believe in God. Um, I love God. I ask God for guidance all the time. I'm not Catholic. I do go into the churches and I pray. Um, I And I think probably I would describe myself as a spiritual person. I totally believe in God. I, I would say that anybody who walks the Camino if they know they're coming for a religious reason and a spiritual reason, that's a known thing. But if some people don't think they're coming
0: for that, I think they're it anyway. Yeah, yeah. A- a- and so uh, d- you're, you're fit and healthy. You, you walk and you, and you get yourself in shape to walk the Camino, Orange Theory. Do you need to work at your psyche too? Do you need to get your psyche fit?
1: Yes. 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 I need to, um, calm myself down. I need to help myself not be so, um, um, anxious getting certain things done or things like that. Um, so I definitely need to work on that. But for me, um, if I get physical exercise, like if I exert myself physically, it actually calms my mind and, like the exertion of my body makes my mind relax.
0: Yeah, I think this. Is a, oh, I apologize to my listeners. This is a, the line is dropping in and out, but we've we, but we've got ninety percent of it down. What about addressing difficulties on the Camino? It's not easy, is it? And, and do you have a plan of action about how you how you come across and how you deal with problems on the Camino?
1: Well, um, what I see for myself, what I saw for myself in the first year when I had hurt my knee and then I kept going and kept going. And then I get these strong emails from my grown son saying, Mom, you have to stop. You can't just like (laughs) ruin your body. (laughs) Um, I see that also with other pilgrims. And what we what everybody says is it's really our body and our feet that dictate and our knees and our shoulders and our hips that take. What we're able to do is not our minds. Our minds might say, we want to do this and be in a certain place by a certain day and, and all that. But it's actually, we have to continually learn to listen to our bodies and respond to it and do it accordingly. So David and I have learned that we like to walk about 20 kilometers a day. And because this is our fourth Camino, we decided that we're going to plan ahead where we want to stay. And if by any chance knee hurts, my ankle hurts, or something for him, then we'll take a bus or a taxi if we have to because we want to sort of moving forward. Whereas the first year, we did stop. And um, well, even the first year we stopped, but then we took bus or taxi to the place where most of our pilgrim friends were still walking. So um, there's there's something about staying within the group where you were, which is really pleasant. Now, of course, if somebody would stay back for five days to recover, then they would meet new people, and that would be really pleasant too. So I think to answer your question, it's really being um, patient and flexible with what the body says I need, just like I see it with all the other pilgrims. And instead of fighting with it, I go with what the body needs and what, not what I think my mind wants me to do.
0: Where do you get your motivation
1: My motivation to walk the pilgrimage, or to, to do what?
0: Just your your general motivation. What drives you? Because you're someone, who who could quite simply forgive me, Kathy. But you could, be forgiven for putting your feet up. You've worked hard. Your husband has worked hard. Now you're spending your leisure time walking a thousand seven hundred and fifty kilometres across Spain. <laughs> Where do you, yeah, where do you, and here you are starting a business. Where do you get your motivation?
1: Well, my motivation to walk the pilgrimage is I really like this environment. I like being physical. I like being with people. I like meeting the people in Spain. I like knowing that I'm walking where Romans walked, where people, pilgrims for hundreds and hundreds of years have walked. I like touching the churches that, um, Mothers and children and families have been to before. I like that. Um, so that gives me motivation. I think that if David and I walk the Camino every year, it it creates a motivation for us to keep ourselves physically fit and spiritually fit throughout the year so that when April comes around, we're prepared for it. So I like that. That's a motivation. And the motivation for, quote, and unquote, starting this new business was really, just to be able to help other women have the ease of what I have, the easy to pee kind of pants. I didn't have any motivations to start a business. That was not my intention. (laughs) But I guess that's what I did.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's (laughs) exciting. It's exciting, right? Yes.
1: Yes, 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 it is.
0: is. It's exciting to be a pilgrim and it's exciting to be a small business person.
1: Yes,
0: yes, yes, exactly. Look, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, Cathy. I know that it's getting late on Friday night there. You've got a big day of walking ahead of you tomorrow. So so thank you so much. I, you know, it's funny. I could feel your energy when our paths crossed online. I don't know why, but but I could just wow. feel it.
1: I love it. And would you do me a favor and remind me, I'm sure everybody who's listening knows this, but how do I get your podcast?
0: Okay. Well, you can go to the podcast icon on your phone. Mm -hmm. All phones have it. And you click on Mm -hmm. it, search for My Camino the Podcast. My Camino Mm -hmm. the Podcast. And when it comes up, you just hit subscribe. And there are 65 episodes there. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and, okay. and and being someone on the Camino, you can listen every day, you can listen while you walk. But but Kathy, I hope the rest of your Camino is is as wonderful as you hope it is and and brings you all of the joy and 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 just absolute pleasure that I know it will. And I, I thank you very much for taking your time to talk to me today.
1: It has been a true delight meeting you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Kathy. All the best. Bye now. Buen Camino.
1: Buen Camino to you too. Bye.
0: My guest this week is the American pilgrim, Kathy Sidechick Diaz. You can find Easy P Pants. It sounds easy and it is easy. E Z P W E pantscom Easy P-Pants.com. Remember the quote we began with. It was Albert Einstein who said, look deep into nature and then you will understand everything better. I've just been back to the Camino and now I'm home talking to Kathy who's on the Camino. I know it draws us all back and one day our paths will cross. Until then, till next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.